Welcome to Coming Home with Julian Awad, where we discuss salvation through Jesus Christ, a production of Coming Home Ministries. I want to tell you about the power of worship. Two of my favorite stories about faithful men that uh, used worship. In fact, uh, there's actually more people involved, but they, they, they used worship to defeat the enemies in their life. In fact, did you know that singing a song could cause an earthquake? We're going to cover that uh, a little bit later, but first let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for this opportunity. Even as we, as we seek you today, as we want to draw close to you and learn more about you, I ask that, Holy Spirit, you would be here and that you would stir our hearts and you would bring revelation to us that maybe that we haven't seen before. Bring revelation of who you are and who you are in our lives and what you're calling us to. I thank you, God, for this opportunity. And I pray, Lord, that you keep me behind the cross, that everything that everyone hears tonight would be not me, but you, Lord, and that they would see and have their eyes focused on you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to hear one thing, one thing in this message, and that is to know that God loves you. It's really important that you see that. And he loves you in such a way that he's giving you an amazing opportunity to be in the presence of the creator of the universe, to be in his presence. And when we're in his presence, we get to worship him. It's such an honor, but it's also a blessing. When we get to worship God, and when we take the time to do it, it enters us into an intimate relationship with him. But it also gives us the power to overcome so many things, and it begins to kick off things that can change our life day in and day out. Charles Spurgeon, who's a hero in the Christian faith, said this about worship. All places are places of worship to a Christian. Again, that's all places. Wherever he or she is, that Christian ought to be worshiping or be in a worshiping frame of mind. So it's all places, no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, we should be in a worshiping frame of mind. In God's word, there's several examples of this. If we look at uh, the prophet Isaiah in chapter 44, 23, he says, Sing, O heavens, for the Lord has done it. Shout, you lower parts of the earth. Break forth into singing, you mountains, O forest and every tree in it. Prophet Jeremiah, verse 20, uh, chapter 20, verse 13 says, Sing to the Lord, give praise to the Lord. He rescues the life of the needy from the hands of the wicked. Even the Apostle Paul in Hebrews 13, 15 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. It's this idea that we would continually offer praises to God and to profess his name, to call out. And this is in every situation. You know, John who was there at the cross with Jesus. In Revelation, he saw beasts in heaven that were worshiping God. This is in Revelation chapter 4, verse 8. This is the second part. It says, Day and night, they never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, 
who was and is to come. Over and over, praising God. And Jesus in John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24 says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. These are the opportunities that we have to be before the Lord, to worship in spirit and in truth. It's an amazing opportunity. It's something that's being done in the heavens. It's something that's being done down, in, down here on earth. But did you know that, that there's not only a calling to do this, but that there's power in worship? And that God honors our worship. God moves when we worship him. All the heavens worship him. Why shouldn't we? Why shouldn't we even more? There was a king in the Old Testament. His name was Jehoshaphat. And he was under attack by armies from three countries that had joined forces. It was Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir. You know, uh, where I live, it would be like being attacked by New York, Washington, D.C., and Philadelphia all at the same time. And these forces were less than two days away. When he found out about this, they got together and got some spiritual advice, and they decided to call a fast for the whole country. They called out to God, and they worshipped him. They worshipped him during that time. Then the prophet Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, reminded them that the battle is not yours. He said in chapter 20, verse 15 of 2 Chronicles, he says, Do not be afraid nor dismayed because because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. And it says that they worshipped and they praised him with a great voice loudly. These are people that are in a really tough situation. I can think about our country, and actually the world right now, is in a really tough situation. And this is what this leader did. You know, in verse 17, it says that, he, that, that Jaziel says, you will not need to fight this battle, but to position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And it was interesting because then he goes on to say that Jehoshaphat bowed his head and face to the ground and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Kohathites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. And then they finally went out, and Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he has consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the, this is the invading army, and they were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now watch this. Watch what happens. And and keep this in mind, remember this, that they're being faced by this giant army from three different countries that have all come against them. They've come now to their doorstep. They sought the Lord. They worshiped God. And God came back to them and says, don't you worry. Don't have fear. This is my battle, not your battle. And all I want you to do is to go out and worship me on that battlefield. Don't draw your sword. 
Now that takes faith. That takes faith because I am sure that there were people there that were second guessing what was going on. People that were concerned that maybe this prophet had not gotten it right. And so they finally, they go out and it says that when they begin to sing and praise, the Lord ambushes, this is what the Lord did. He, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir and utterly killed and destroyed them. And when they had made the end of the inhabitants of, of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked towards the multitude and there were, there they were, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth and no one had escaped. When they started their praise and worship, their enemies began to destroy each other until no one had escaped. And it says, and, and they were, it took them three days and they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Berakah, for they blessed the Lord. That's the valley of blessing. And therefore, the name of that place was called the valley of Berakah until this day. For those that are his children, you got to remember that our battles are not ours. They belong to the Lord. It is our praise and worship that brings these mighty victories in our lives. When you're faced with tough decisions, when you're faced with tough situations, it starts with worship. Almost every service you'll ever go to starts with worship. We start with prayer and worship. We get down on our knees. We worship the Lord. We sing out to God when we have problems. I was just telling someone the other day about being in a situation where somebody was doing something against me and I wasn't guilty of what they were accusing me of. And I was getting upset. I could feel my flesh rising. I could feel my emotions taking over. And immediately I heard the spirit of God call me into worship. And inside of my head, I began to worship God and sing one of my favorite songs. I was sitting there praising God. Oh God, you are an awesome God. You reign from heaven on earth with wisdom, power, and love. Oh God, you're an awesome God. And just praising God. And I felt my body begin to relax. I felt the flesh beginning to go down. Oh, Lord, there's power in worship. There's power in those moments. And suddenly my flesh wasn't in control, but I was living in the spirit and walking by the spirit, praising God. I could feel him beginning to take over that situation. I could feel God beginning to defeat the enemies that were coming on, defeat my flesh. And I praise God that that situation turned out awesome. And I saw worshiping God as the reason why. So sing to God when you have problems. I want to tell you about another powerful story. And this one was incredible. And it talks about how worship saved two men from jail and death. This is about Paul and Silas who were in Philippi preaching the gospel and casting out demons. Men had falsely accused them and got them arrested. There was a huge crowd of people and they were upset and they were yelling at the judge who then got upset as well because this mob became so unruly. And of course, what did they do? They ordered that Paul and Silas be beaten with rods and they were beaten over and over several times. Imagine if you had been falsely accused and they had come to your house 
and the police had shown up and there had been a struggle and this mob came down to the courthouse, was riding outside and they came inside demanding that you be punished for your crimes and you hadn't done anything. And the police had no right to come in and take you like that out of your own home. And yet here they were. And the judge got so frustrated that he ordered you be beaten. And you were beaten on your backs over and over. It split the skin open. You were bruised. Maybe a broken bone. Your face was swollen. Blood in your mouth. And then they threw you into not only jail, but they threw you into the inner cell, into solitary. There's no lights. And for Paul and for Silas, their feet were locked in stocks. Their hands were locked in stocks. They couldn't move, covered in chains that were holding them down. And there's no bathroom for them, just rats trying to bite at their feet in the middle of the darkness. But how did Paul and Silas respond? Remember what our brother said. Spurgeon says that all places, all places are places of worship to a Christian. Wherever that Christian is, that Christian ought to be worshiping the Lord, ought to be in a worshiping frame of mind. All places. And at midnight, Paul and Silas, they started praying and singing. They pulled out one of their favorite worship songs from along the way. Maybe something from back at Antioch that they had been singing with the brothers and sisters back there. I can hear them now singing a song about the Lord, singing a song about the church, singing a song about how gracious is the Lord and his mercy and his kindness and the victories that God brings into your life, that he's a render, that he's, that he's the victor or something that where he was surrendering everything. I can hear the song now. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. And that earthquake opened all the doors and it loosed all the chains and not just for them, but for every prisoner. And all the captives were suddenly set free. The jailer thought that everybody had escaped because back then the jailers were in charge of the prisoners and if the prisoners escaped, it was his life. And when he came down and saw all the doors open and all the chains off, he thought for sure that someone had escaped and he was going to kill himself. But do you know what happened? Let's hear God's word on this. Acts 16, 24 through 34, he says, And on receiving the order, he placed them on the inner cells and fastened their feet in the stocks. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to him. And suddenly a strong earthquake shook the foundations of the prison. And at once all the doors flew open and every chains came loose. Everyone's chains came loose. And when the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, presuming that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul called out in a loud voice, do not harm yourself. We are all here. Calling for the lights. The jailer rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. And then Paul and Silas spoke the word of the Lord to him and to everyone in his house. 
At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. And without delay, he and all his household were baptized. Then he brought them into his home and set a meal before them. So he and all his household rejoiced that they had come to believe in God. You. You are only one song away from an earthquake that can shake the darkness from your life, that can turn the jails of your life into a home of welcome or an attack by enemies into a valley of blessing. You're only one song away from an earthquake that's going to shake away the problems, the challenges, the difficulties that you're experiencing, the flesh that's taking over. Until you can see with spiritual eyes. Until you can see what God is doing. You're only one song away from turning your enemy into someone who's ready to serve you a meal. You're only one song away from seeing the blessing that God is going to produce. That God can produce without anything else. Not without you even lifting a hand for the miracle that's going to come into your life whether it be a marriage that's falling apart, whether it be your finances that are falling, whether it be your health that is falling apart, you are one song away from singing to God and seeing God's hand in your life. Whether it's a loss of a relationship, whether it's your faith that is stumbling, whatever it is, you're one song away. For God's children, there is power in worship. And God honors it when we worship. He can't help but coming down and pouring out the blessings when he hears his children beginning to worship him. God moves when we worship him in truth and spirit. Jesus said so. How do you become God's child and enter into his family? How can you be saved from the inner jail cell of the troubles of this world? It's simple. Like Paul said to the jailer, all you have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ that he was raised from the dead. He is the son of God and has taken away the sins of this world and he's taken away your sins, your sins. And for your salvation, if you put your trust in him and declare him Lord and Savior, you will be saved. And that means to repent from your sins when the spirit of God shows them to you. That means to turn away from those sins, to ask for forgiveness and walk the other direction, to determine that they won't be part of your life any further. If you're a believer, God is calling you into a place of worship today. If you're a believer, God is saying to you, worship in those tough situations. Build a habit of worship. Build the power of worship in your life. See the difference that it can make. He's calling all of us to a place of worship, a place of preparation, a place of readiness. That worship builds a foundation. That worship builds strength of character. That worship helps to kick off miracles and to see the hand of God in our life. That worship is going to help you develop patience, which will produce endurance, which will produce character, which will produce hope in none other but Jesus Christ in all things. That worship is going to end up being a weapon that you're going to be able and able to call on and use in tough situations when there seems like there's no hope, when all things seem bleak. When you need God's hand to move, when your flesh is allowing the fear to step in, praise God, that worship, that habit of worship, 
that foundation of worship, those memorized songs, those memorized psalms, those memorized verses, that time of worship, it will come back to pay dividends. It will come back to bear fruit. Hallelujah, we praise the Lord. But if you need to be saved, if you feel God knocking on your heart, if you feel every day that God is calling you into a relationship and you're not 100% sure that you're saved, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, just know that in Romans 3.23, it says that every person has sinned and has done things contrary to God's holy perfection. Not a single one of us has not sinned. We're all the same. And that our sin has a cost. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says that cost is spiritual death and separation from God. But because God loves us, he wants us back. He wants us close to him. He does not want us to be separated. So he paid the sin debt himself. The sinless, perfect sacrifice, the sinless, perfect lamb, Jesus, died in our place. And Romans 10, 13 says that anyone and everyone who accepts Jesus' gifts or calls on his name will receive God's salvation. And earlier it says that anyone who believes and confesses that Jesus died for us and rose from the dead will be saved. So call out tonight to him. Call out in your mind. Call out in your heart. Open your mouth and call out to him. Say it out loud. Even if you're alone or even if you're around other people, Wherever you are when you hear this message, call out to him and don't be afraid. Do it publicly. The Lord says, anyone who confesses me before men, him I will confess before my father who is in heaven. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 10, 32. So I want to lead you in a prayer. The Lord Jesus, for too long I've kept you out of my life. I know that I'm a sinner and I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door when I hear you knocking. By faith, I gratefully receive your gift of salvation. I'm ready to trust you as my Lord and Savior tonight, Jesus. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to this earth. And I believe that you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you for bearing the sins of the world. Thank you for bearing my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe that your words are true, Lord. Come into my heart. Lord Jesus, be my Savior. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, your next step is to dig into the Word of God. Get a physical Bible and download the Bible app on your phone. Read it every day without excuse. Look for a Bible-focused church to get connected with other believers that will help you grow in the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Just fill my heart with your love Help me share it with my brothers Help me show them you're the one And beside you there's no other
This has been a production of Coming Home Ministries. For more information or to reach us, go to cominghomeministries.net.